All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you, as always, by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order. You have two shopping options. If you choose to shop online, you're going to want to visit www.zephyrepic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, epic.com. You can also check them out at their retail location, in Surrey, but we have a lot of listeners all over the place. And if you're in Canada, anywhere in Canada, you can enjoy free shipping on any order over fifty dollars from from uh, from Coombs. We're talking Coombs, Coombs in the chat. From Coombs to uh, Coal Harbor. Okay, where is Coombs? Coombs is just a little bit up the island from uh, Parksville. Was there. it close where yeah. I was? Oh yeah, like yeah. I could have gone there because everybody talks about this goats. On, what's goats on the roof? There's um, goats on the roof. That's, what is it? That's it. Is They're, it ice cream? I thought it was an ice cream. No, like that's a, cows. That's cows. No, it's like a little market. Um, they got the honey sticks. You know those? No. They're little plastic uh, things. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. That's a big thing out there. And then um, we got some some little bowls. I like little bowls for um, when I'm sitting down having a bowl of pretzels or a bowl of... For sure. Uh, little of, bowls are handy. ...of mini uh, Reese's. I like the mini Reese's cups. Nice. I like the mini bowls or dip. I put dip in there. Yeah, we got yeah. three new ones. Uh, my now... I'm I'm struggling to change from fiance to wife, but my wife picked up a few of those uh, bowls at Coombs, so that's great. Um, but the great folks is that for Did you see this? They're giving away the Pokemon's come back with this 151 celebration. That you know me, I'll, I'll get the book oh, out boy. right now if I have to. We're working on it. The original 151. It's been a long, while since I pulled this thing out. The original 151 are back. They got a celebration. They got a giveaway on Zephyr Epic. They're giving away like five boxes of this new Pokemon set that's come out. And it's the good stuff. The original 151, the way it's meant to be. I'm going to tell a quick story. I hope he's okay with this. Our new, uh, you know, kind of head of all of our audio and video stuff, the guy we've been working with a lot, Amal Delich. Everybody knows him from his time Best at Sportsnet. Best in the business. We were talking to him early on. He'd listened to a few episodes. And one of his main questions was, Chris, are you like a part owner of Zephyr Epic or something? He's ripping into me. Amal and the answer. And, and he hates your headset, which I love. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Because uh, you look like a pilot. I'm flying to Edmonton, giving me a little preview of what I'm going to see. Well, I guess you don't see the pilot, but you know what I mean. All right, I'm speaking of. Almost, yeah, Zephyr Epic. won't like this one. I'm going to rip a pack on the air again here. Zephyr Epic, the good folks out there. Check out the giveaways. They're on their Instagram, their Twitter accounts, all that stuff. Big giveaways. And we got a Vancouver Canuck in the first card here. Travis Dermott. That's not a Vancouver Canuck anymore. Anything I got something fun? shiny. I got something shiny. I got something shiny. I got Stanley Cup champion Ben Hutton as well. That's a fun one. Dazzlers of Nick Perbix. Well, that's fun. I've never heard of this guy. I have, yep. Yeah? Scored his first NHL goal last year. Good for him. Okay. Anyways. All right. Come on. What do you got? Stock in them or what? Let's go. Move move along. (laughs) Okay. uh, Are we talking about your wedding at all? Sure. We can spend a little bit. Jordan Hawkins says, goats on the roof. Come on. You're so not an islander. You don't get it. Uh, Jalapeno bread says Sam Wilson. Good candied salmon there, too. Oh yeah, there was a lot of candied salmon around the wedding. I know you didn't get involved in any of this, but uh, a lot of candied salmon going around. It's not a Vancouver Island wedding without some candied salmon. So that was flying around the wedding. What do you want? Quick thing about the wedding. What do you want to say? I just had a good time. Yep. Very happy for you. It was a nice time. Uh, we're posting my speech on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. You know the what's that? Tim Robinson is that that guy's name? The yeah, guy. I think you should leave. How do I make money off of this? Mm-hmm. That was me rolling up to your wedding. Yeah. 
I really and you told me in the night. I think I brought this up on the show yesterday. You should have done Hello Canucks fans. Welcome back to your, I think, your little. Intro I there. think twelve people would have gotten it, and I think you would have been one of them, which would have made it worth it. And your wife would have been one of them, which also would have made it worth it. But I liked what I did instead. I, I liked my speech. It's a hard adjustment to switch to calling her the my wife. Is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm having no problem with it. No, okay. Well, that's good. I'm working on it. Well, when you say fiancé so much, because... Uh, for for a while, you were calling her your girlfriend when she was your fiancé. I screwed that up a few times, too, but it just takes me a little bit. Uh, my Should brain, have eloped. My brain just needs to, you know, get sorted out here. So, it's all good. Okay. Let's go. All right. Here we Hockey go. season is Lots upon us. We had some games last night. We have the Vancouver Canucks versus Ooh, Edmonton Oilers tonight. Did you catch Oilers Connor Bedard yesterday? Did yeah, you watch a little bit? Yeah, I did, and I really liked it. Like, Wow. What did you think... Now, I don't know. I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Looked a little lost in the defensive zone a couple times. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, lost his check a few times. Sure, he's in the NHL, but man, <laughs> he, you know, that opening face off there, you, you got Sidney Crosby. I thought he looked good. I thought there was a couple really good attacks yeah, he, by he's Bedard. Good. And he, he, was, looks... he was getting, like, not hard matched, like, more, like, soft matched against mm-hmm. Crosby. He's playing lots of minutes against Crosby. But what I felt, fa- it, just, it just made me laugh because I can't remember the guy's name. There was some draft analyst that was like, Maybe Fantilli should go number one because Bedard can't defend very well or something. Like he he was criticizing Bedard's defensive game, and I groaned at it at the time. And the last night I was watching, I'm like, "Hey, dude was right." Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Well, did you see? He uh, looks so good. And uh, our buddy here joined us on the show, David Reinbacker, friend of the show. He uh, signed his deal the other day with Montreal too. So shouts to him going right to the pro hockey leagues. Love that for him. That's great. Good kid. Poor guy after the draft. There were those Canadians. Fans, Don't even start. We're not going to get started. Yeah, we're not that. getting into it. Hey, that. lots of Canuck stuff to get to. Let's go. Let's go right into it. Um, off the top. You know, I actually don't have my uh, Google Doc open. That's okay. Let's just preview. <laughs> actually. Well, I got to okay, do okay, all this prep okay. and stuff. I want to get into it. Yes. Okay. Let's go. We have some prep, some stuff ready to go because you were just at Morning Skate this morning. I wrote about it for Canucks Army Scenes for Morning Skate. Go check it out. CanucksArmy.com. Looks like 11 forwards tonight. First and foremost, uh, shout out to Harmon, covering two episodes while I was gone for the wedding as well. Oh, yeah. Did a great job, Harmon, yeah. as per usual, covering your ass and carrying you through an episode. Oh, whatever. I disconnected one time. I do that every time here. I, you know, Harmon can carry the weight. I appreciate that. Okay, so 11 forwards tonight. It looks like the Canucks should be going with. Do we have the line rushes? I didn't do any prep. Yeah, we yep. do have the line rushes. Okay, pull it up, Aaron. Uh, you've got Connor Garland on the first line with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko. Ilya Mikheyev was skating on the fourth line during line rushes but was ruled out by Rick Tockett uh, during media availability shortly after this morning's skate. You see Akito Hirose and Noah Juleson in the lineup, so it looks like they're going to have 11 forwards tonight. Thank you, Gary Bettman. Yeah, not the only team around the NHL as well, right? Like, we're seeing a couple. I think the LA Kings have to go with uh, 11 forwards and six defensemen. It's not like they're going with the extra defensemen. They're going with just down a player, and I mean, that's... That's just the NHL and their and their problem with the cap situation, man. Like it's you don't want it's that. laughable. Nobody wants it. It really is laughable. I mean, the NHL does a lot of things that are laughable. With the you know, we just saw what they did with the pride tape. That's ridiculous. It's stupid. I don't know if we'll get into that later on the show, but I just think that the NHL has a lot of things to change. You shouldn't have multiple teams heading into the opening night, and the Oilers might be down a man too. From what I was hearing talking to the Oilers, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you're going to see, like, how do you do that as a professional sports league? Not let, you know, I, I get that the cap is limiting teams from having the ability to do so. That's a league-wide problem to me. That's something that the league needs to figure out here with the salary cap. And the Vancouver Canucks, obviously, they're up against it. They've done this themselves with this current cap situation. Uh, it's too bad. So how many teams aren't against the cap right now? Like six, yeah, seven? We touched, I was in the comments yesterday of the show saying six teams yeah. could take Garland, right? But I mean, who, who actually isn't right up against the cap right now? 
Not many. Not, Not many. many teams, but that's that's the thing. So Teddy Bluger sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision. Uh, Rick Talking mentioned that he's going to know more in the next six to seven hours here. Uh, that was about an hour ago, so the next five hours. And by the way, can we get the back cam up, Aaron, for a second? Quickly here. Just I want to get this with in. the back cam. I want to get this in as you do that. We've got Gary Bettman in the chat from a burner account. Oh. Deeb fifty five said, "Not the NHL, not the NHL's problem." Faber teams know the rules and they can take the risks with the cap. I'm just saying you can't really see it on the camera, but the Hulu you can see the Hulu ferry. I've never seen it take off that uh, Vancouver Island one, right in between the middle buildings. Oh there. You see yeah, it? yeah! Wow, that's pretty sweet. Crank up the zoom, Aaron. Times fifty. I no, really wish I could bust out. I could. I shouldn't. I, I was going to bust out the Gary Bettman impression to read that comment from that commenter. Do you have any response? No, I and mean, it's it's too bad. I mean, it's difficult. And yeah, I mean, like, we wanted to see Ilya Mikheyev. It didn't sound like Rick Talk. It was too, uh, well, he ruled him out for tonight and didn't sound like he was too hopeful for him on the weekend. What was that sound? I just uh, getting back, getting back into the swing <laughs> getting of back things. into the swing of things. No, but, I feel uh, yeah. Okay. I just I think there's just an overall level of excitement I got going on for tonight, man. I'm I'm really excited for the game uh, to get going tonight. I think it's man. I know that like we've spent a lot of the off season just talking about lines, talking about contracts. Tonight's nice, man. It's just going to be a nice time to get down to the rink, watch some hockey. I know a lot of folks here in the chat they're going to be watching from home or maybe heading down to the game. We're just here, man. Like, we're here at the start of the season, and whatever happens is going to happen, right? Like, the Canucks have put themselves in a position where I feel pretty confident that they have a chance of making the playoffs. I feel pretty confident in the structure that they're going to try and play with this year being a lot different than last year. I have enough confidence in the roster to think if, uh, you know, as Jim Rutherford said at the uh, season opening media availability, like, if things go well... This is a playoff team, right? Like, But a lot of things need to break their direction. And I think that all starts tonight, and I think I, I like the challenge for the Canucks facing against the Oilers, a team that I think is projected to be a lot of teams' top two um, teams to come out of the Pacific Division. So I, I like the challenge right off the bat, and then the back-to-backs with the Oilers makes it – it's a fun start to the season. I just – I'm in the spot of just being excited. Like, I am just excited about tonight. Um, let's get the lines back up there to kind of discuss the actual tops – the top nine that we are going to see, where, like – we were joking before the show, like, I guess, like, Hughes is going to play 32 minutes because he's probably just going to slide in and play on the fourth line as well because that's uh, the way Quinn Hughes has been used over the past little bit here with the Vancouver Canucks, especially under Rick Tockett. But top line, you guys spent a lot of time on this yesterday. Connor Garland's going to be up there with Andre Kuzmenko and Elias Pettersson. There could, like, there could be something that clicks there a little bit. I just think that Garland plays a lot better when he can be the spotlight of a line. That's why I think he plays well in a third-line role. I was pretty surprised that An- that Anthony Bavillier is not up on that line. Like, I, I'm, I'm confused why that isn't happening. When I look at this roster and I think which winger would make the most sense up there, if you, especially if you don't want to mix up the DiGiuseppe, Miller, Besser line, which has been together all throughout training camp, all throughout the preseason, just feels Last to season. me like Bavillier is more the guy there. So I'm a little curious to why it goes with Garland. I can understand if you want, like, a bigger body. Then Beauvillier, but you're going with a smaller guy here in Connor Garland. So it confused me a little bit. Or even Huglander, who got all the reps throughout preseason. Like, what? what's giving Garland the, the spot here? What? I, I'm confused on this one. Tell me, Quads. I, I'm not going to speculate, obviously. But is it, we is it showcasing? About, is that what it is? It could be. I think that's a good theory. But when we talk about the guys who underwhelmed at training camp and through mm. the preseason... Niels Huglander and Anthony Beauvillier were in that conversation. Connor Garland wasn't. Like, did anybody was anybody saying Connor Garland didn't show up ready to play for training camp and preseason? Whereas we saw with Beauvillier and Hoaglander, especially Hoaglander, you know, you're given that opportunity with Patterson Kuzmenko, and he 
He didn't do anything with it. And Talkett even said he thinks he plays too cute when he's with those guys. This so, whole thing about like showcasing a player and putting him on your top line boost and trade value, as uh, as Jordan says, and I, I don't mean to dump on you here, Jordan, but like, and I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm just saying, like, I don't know how much you can like boost trade value from. I get that he's going to put up points, but people are going to recognize, oh, it's because he's playing with Betterson and Kuzmenko, right? Like. Guys around the NHL are making trades. The analytics guys are smart. They're going to help their GMs. Well, maybe, maybe it catches a GM's eye that he's playing top-line minutes or something. I don't know. But Why are you being so ruthless with Jordan? No, it's, I'm not ripping Jordan. I'm just saying it's, to me, like the boosting trade value thing. Like I feel like that's a thing from like the 90s and 2000s, but, it's, <laughs> but it, I guess it still goes on. I guess I could see it with a defense pairing. Like If you're playing with a, a Quinn Hughes, you probably get a little bit of a boost there because you have the ability to play with those guys. I just look at this Garland spot, and I said, man, like he's just got to go out and do it. Like, Hopefully you can trick the nerds who are like, look how many five on five points he has if he's yeah. playing with Pedersen because Mako. Like no, that's the sure. thing you could trick the the, you know, the people in the front office who aren't watching games, right? Look how many five on five points he has. Yeah. He must be good. Computer boys, right? That's right. We hate no, them on this. Show. Yeah, and I'm with Jordan there. Yeah, I'm not ripping you, Jordan. So he says it's not going to work, but it's an attempt. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Um, all right, so that's the big takeaway from the lineup there. I guess the other thing was you brought it up the breaking case of emergency pairing yes of uh of quinn hughes and phil peronic they're going to be the top pairing for the canucks tonight um they do actually have a full set of defensemen they got six defensemen tonight we were going to go. probably see 11 forwards unless teddy Bluger's about to play um and what's going on here with carson susie i heard so i was away for the weekend yeah, I, yeah. I saw that he was week to week he skated this morning it's about the feel for him was what rick talkett told us today so i i What's going to go on there with Carson Soucy, I guess? Like, what doesn't, is what has changed over the past 48 hours? Doesn't sound like he's going to play tonight, but I, you know, obviously if, if it's about the feel, he's obviously going on the trip. It's not like he's going to have to go meet them, I don't mm. think. Might play on Saturday. We don't know for sure yet, but you saw, I don't know if you saw the play. He got tied up with Cherengovich yep, in Calgary, um, well, in Vancouver against Calgary, and looked like his leg was in a really awkward position when it kind of fell under him and he put his weight on it. So that wasn't good. Uh, originally week to week, so we were prepared for the worst, but he skated yesterday um, on his own and he skated on his own this morning as well. So um, what does it mean when a guy says it's about the feel? I think he might maybe, maybe at worst he just has like a bruise or he just tweaked something. Like it obviously means he hasn't torn anything. Correct. We hope. Um, well, he's skating today, so yeah, yeah, I would think that that's not the situation. Although, I just want to say, like, you know, it was against Calgary, it was in the preseason, and it was a similar lower body injury in the corner that took Ilya Mikheyev out. Like that, and I shouldn't even say took him out because it hurt him, and then he just played through it. So, sure. I don't know. Hopefully, that's not what's happening with Carson Soucy. And if it is, hopefully he's shut down a little bit earlier than Mikheyev was last year because, yeah. look, Mikheyev's not in the opening night lineup. That's... Yeah. That's too bad because the whole reason he got shut down and had the surgery when he did was with the idea of he'll be 100% ready to go for training camp and there more importantly, the season. And here we are. Il is not in the lineup. He's close. but He's very close. He was skating around pretty well today on the ice. I think looking forward to tonight a little bit. Obviously, the Oilers are in town. You know, the prolific power play that we're going to end up seeing tonight. The penalty kill is going to be interesting, right? Sam Lafferty's joined now. He's kind of taking face-offs and being a guy who's going to contribute on the PK and if, if Bluger is not in the lineup, and like we said, he's a game-time decision heading into tonight, the PK is going to be tested hard, man. Like, they got, uh, they're got they going to have to rock with Joshua. They're going to have to rock with uh, Pedersen's going to be getting some ice time. Uh, obviously, JT Miller as well. Like, they're going to lean on these guys that were asked to do it last year and didn't have a lot of success. Like, we 
We really like Pew Suter, and he'll be in the lineup. He'll be killing penalties tonight. We really like Teddy Bluger in the preseason on the penalty kill. You know who else I really liked was Carson Soucy. Like, he's got that good length, that reach that you can need on a penalty kill. And it wasn't, I was chatting with J-Pat about this today, who's, by the way, going to be on the show tomorrow. J-Pat's joining us. Uh, and today we got Frank Cervelli. Frank's going to join us around 1.30 um, today, by the way. Um, but I liked what Susi was able to do at the blue line with his reach, right? He didn't just, it felt like last year a lot of the time, remember how easy it was for teams to just get set up in the Canuck zone? Like, they were able to gain the zone with five guys and just, you know, make two passes and then be set up. And it was super easy. I I thought that that was something a little bit different in the preseason for the Canucks on the penalty kill. And I think a lot of that came from, like, Bluger's aggressiveness, Suter's aggressiveness, Susie's aggressiveness. So you're missing a couple of those guys potentially for tonight. Like I said, game time decision on both Bluger and Suter, or Susie, sorry. But if they're able to just be a little bit more aggressive at that blue line and not allow such an easy entry. Cause it's, it's so funny to watch. Cause I think that for a while when the Canucks power play struggles, it's like that drop pass and they can't gain the zone. But then it's like the opposite on the penalty kill. They struggle because they're so easily allowing teams to get set up in their own zone. So there's clearly something that needs to be addressed there. And the players that they got in the off season are going to help. It's just, you're missing two of them likely for tonight's game. So we'll have to see what happens and how the guys from last season can maybe fit into a new system where they've had a full preseason to get it, you know, instilled in their brains and get all that set up. So I think it'll be interesting to watch and man, no tougher test than going up against McDavid and dry saddle. So tonight's going to be a show. I'm excited about it. I'm curious about this by committee defense. Like how, how much are we actually going to see that now? Because we just talked about it. None of it. I bet we see none of it tonight. You think it's going to be hard pairing, say? No, like the, the committee's thrown out the window. They're putting Hughes and Hronick together. So like the committee stuff that everybody, you last week, you're going off about this thing. We're not going to see. You yeah. said it's a new Canucks team. They're I committee. You're telling me all this stuff last week. There's, you can throw all that out there. I window. was telling you that at some point, Quinn Hughes is going to play with Hronick. I also said that Philip Hronick is going to be Quinn Hughes' most consistent partner by the end of the year. Yep. And it's night one, and you're basically saying, yeah, you were right, Quad. That's exactly what you're saying. I said they... We, taught, we called it the break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, glass. but you were sitting here like, no, no, no. They're no, not going to play together. That's no, not you got to keep them separate. Check the tape. That's I hate Philip Hronick. No, I never said that. You did. No, I didn't. I think that that pairing, how many minutes are they going to play tonight? The the Hughes and Hronick pairing? Because, like, you think they're going to trust Akito Hirose to kill penalties when no. they could use Hughes? You think they're going to trust Noah Juleson to kill penalties when they could use Hughes? Yes. That top four for the Canucks, that's the top four that's going to be killing penalties, right? <laughs> it's going to be Hughes, Hronick, Myers, and Cole. That's probably your pairings that you'll see on the penalty kill. I don't think they're going to trust the kid with less than 10 games or Noah Juleson who hasn't been a consistent NHLer for the past little bit. Oh man. That top four is good. <laughs> that whole top four, especially the Heronic Hughes line, man, they're gonna be like yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see Quinn Hughes be thirty minutes on opening night. And then it's like, whoa, you're asking a lot of the kid, and I'm sure he wants it. But the other thing that was interesting was hearing Rick Talkett talk about it today, because I asked him. I asked about uh like it felt like the, the Canucks today weren't uh, there wasn't a lot of excitement. It felt very business like in the comments that we talked to when we talked to Pedersen, we talked to JT Miller, we talked to Akita Hirose, and Talk it the way he spoke about it was like, yeah, we're not trying to get too excited and have too many ups and downs. It's an 82-game season. Ride it out that way. Does that get thrown out the window for Hughes tonight? Like, I yep. can see Hughes being 30 <laughs> minutes. It would not shock me at all. Honestly, honest number. Also, the chat is popping off. I want to get to a few comments sure. here. But first, so so Nexus said, Hughes playing 40 minutes tonight. Book it. Book it. Honestly, I would set the over-under at like 27. You're taking the over or under 27 minutes for Hughes I would take tonight? The, I would take the over there. In game one, you're confident 
Okay, me too. He's going to get three. He's going to get three plus minutes on the power play, right? Yeah. He's going to get probably two to four minutes on the penalty kill. He's going to do twenty minutes at five on five. Yeah. He's going to be over twenty seven tonight. You can bet on that. Nexus also said Myers will be in the box, so he can't penalty kill. Hey, so you're going to see Noah Jules at some Jules. point. Yeah. Okay, um, lot of lot of people in the chat today. Thank you. People are getting fired up for the uh, regular season starting here. Yeah. This is interesting. I'm I fired get up. To this from L. Jim. He said, "Any coaches in the chat? Did they change from a low zone collapse to a one-two-two neutral zone trap? This is really interesting. I saw it on Twitter the mm. other day. A lot of teams are changing their systems around. Uh, a lot of teams." are going to what Vegas was using. Some teams are going, like Toronto's using what Tampa was using when they won two cups. It's just interesting. All this system stuff, I find it really interesting. It'll be um, curious to see what the Canucks kind of do and you know, talk about it with Rick talking. Well, and I know Rick's talked about it um, on the penalty kill, at least, like the change that they've had on the yes. system. He hasn't really talked about his 5-on-5-4 check yet or how they're defending the neutral zone. Coaches uh, don't us. love to publicly talk about no. exactly what their systems are. But he was asked about the diamond that they're running, right? Yeah. And I think it can be useful, especially, I mean, you, you kind of looked for a change for the Canucks penalty kill anyways, and he's saying it's kind of a modified diamond, right? Like there is a lot more movement than just set positions. So we'll have to see it working then. Like I said, you're going to get tested tonight. Um, before we get to Frank, I did have a few just kind of expectations. Like, you know, we can go like old school sports radio here a little bit and have some some broad topics. We've spent a lot of the offseason discussing these same topics, but today's the day, man. Like, today's today's the actual start of the regular season. So I want to get to a couple of uh, expectation things that I had for the Vancouver Canucks. I just wanted to dive into a few things. Get your thoughts on it, Quads. Our second thing on the on the docket down there, the Quinn expectations. Quinn Hughes is scoring 20 goals. I expect it. So that's part of my first question. Okay. What's more likely this season? I'd love for the chat to get involved. And by the way, should we tease a little bit? We got a little segment coming soon where the yeah, chat's going to sure. be getting in on Next it. Next Monday it launches. And we're going to start on Monday. So we, we want to get the chat more involved. The chat's been really popping off today, so that's great to see. Um, we're going to get the chat more involved because you you and I have struggled really hard to like get a segment. And we got one now. And I think we got one because of Amal doing a great job yeah, over exactly. there. Uh, he's the best in the business. Um. We have something for the chat. We'll get to that. It'll be it'll be on Monday. We're going to launch it. We're going to see how the chat. Hopefully, the chat's fired up like they are today. We should have launched it today. I told you. If we have meaningful games in November, we will have this chat. Okay. Here's the thing. My Just first question. Just give us though. meaningful games in November. First question. Let's hear. I want the chat to get involved here as well. What's more likely, quads, and the chat? Elias Pettersson to 100 points, or Quinn Hughes to 82 points? What is more likely to happen next season? Pettersson to 100. Or Hughes to 82? More likely, Pedersen to 100. You think so? Uh, no, I don't actually. More likely is Hughes to 82. Yeah. I thought it's a it's a tough one. Because no, both of them would have Hughes, to have a very yeah. good season. But I think Hughes is... I, I, I have more confidence that Hughes is going to have a very good season then I do Pedersen is going to repeat what he did last here's year. The, here's the thing, though, about last season with Pedersen. Like, I think Hughes is going to build off of what he did last year, sure. and that's a success. And, and, you know, not not that it's a bad season if he repeats, but if Pedersen repeats what he did last year, he's all of a sudden a $13 million player, but and that's a great success But my question with Pedersen is, Pedersen wasn't very successful in the power play last year. Yeah, that's a good so point. So if you can add that to Pedersen's game... But what if you can't? 
And if and if Hughes is over eighty two, he's really getting in the Norris conversation. And, and think about it this way too: I, I we're talking great, about, I think it's, and I can see in the chat a lot of yeah, a lot of either or. I'm here. going Hughes. Seems, I'm seems going like Hughes. the chat is leaving a little bit more towards Hughes. But also keep this in mind, Chris, because you just said uh, what did you say? Pedersen didn't score on the power play much. Yeah, Queen Hughes didn't score much. There's a good point, too. and he scored yeah. a lot in the preseason. He's going to finish the year with well over twenty goals. Mm. If he scores forty, you owe me two dinners and four coke and rums. If he scores forty, yeah, I'll do. I'll do something more than that. Even that's uh, um, okay. I'll, I'll just take the dinners. Thanks. Twenty-five points on the power play last year for Elias Pettersson. Only six goals on the power play. I want to see the. I just want to see Pettersson take more wrist shots. Right? Do you remember like the first couple of years of him in the league? His wrist shot was just every time it went, it was like bar down and not even bar down. It would hit that back, the top of the net, inside of the net, in the top part. He used to rip it there. I want him to do that more on the power play this season. I think that's where the goals went. They lost a little bit there. The last uh, time the that. Vancouver Canucks played their home opener, or season opener at home, last time that happened, do you know the day? No. Calgary Flames were in town. Oh, yeah. Mike Smith was in net. Yeah. And? And Akbar. Nikolai Goldobin was oh, on Elias Pettersson's line. With Louis Erickson. With Louis Erickson. And... And Petey found back bar in that game. Literally what you were just talking about. Sniped short side. Mike Smith is still looking for that puck. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Let's see that again tonight. I want to, man, you know, it's, we've had some bad, we've had some tough seasons in Vancouver. Like we're deserving of it. The fan base is deserving of it. We don't and everyone said, no, well, you say this and you the always, fans like, deserve it. We you don't. always say that you're, always, why do we deserve it? The media, they deserve like they're bad media here in Vancouver, man. Speaking for myself here as a, as a media member, I would love for something nice here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I would I, love for something nice. I'm tired of getting clicks from the negative stuff and the trade stuff. I want to get clicks from the Canucks being good. I want to get clicks from talking about the top six being perfect, not having to be shaken up every two weeks. Do you get that? Like Vancouver, think about like the – remember how good like the Boston line was, their top line? They never got switched around. That line didn't get mixed up for like three years. Why can't the Canucks get a line where it's just like, this is it. This is the top six line. They're a top line. We don't have to change it every three weeks. Like, that would be great. And it's possible. They have the guys to do so. So, I don't know. Okay, next question here. You got another question for me? Yeah, a couple different ones. What place will the Canucks penalty kill finish at the end of the season? I've given this a lot of thought. Mm -hmm. 19th. 19th. If they're going to make the playoffs, they need to be 19th. Mm. Like, if it, okay, maybe, maybe if they if they make the playoffs, they need to be better than, like, 23rd. They need to be better than, like, 23rd, 22nd. Right. Will's got a great comment here. PD probably needs over 100 for Hughes to get 82. That's a great point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I like that in there. Sorry, I, you said 18th? No, 19th. 19th, okay. I'm going to say by the end of the season, and uh, Brandon says 13th, Dan says 10th. Ooh. Some high hopes. My hopes early on here. I think that That's the Canucks will be. I think they'll be twenty second. Twenty second. Twenty second. Okay, so do you think that's enough to make the playoffs? I think so, man. As long as he ain't in thirty seconds, you know, like I think that's an upgrade <laughs> for the Canucks. I think it gives them a real chance. Nexus says top fifteen. Karan says seventeenth. Well, guys, we're talking about a league like historically worse and every, penalty kill. And every team thinks they improved their penalty kill this offseason. Let's be honest. Every team thinks they did. Yeah, you have to think about that, too. Like, who are they leapfrogging? Do you know what I mean? Because we're talking about the worst penalty kill of all time. Mm. Going in, making a couple additions. They did look good in the preseason, but it was interesting. JT Miller today spoke about that, and he said, that was just preseason, and now it's actually, you know, it actually matters now. And I get what he's saying. Obviously, you like the systems to some extent, but 
Miller's right. Like none of that matters anymore. You have to actually go out and do it. Yeah. What was their what was their penalty kill like in preseason last year? I can't remember, man. I, all I know is it wasn't as bad as it was in the regular season. Yeah, Brandon brings up a good point here. Demko will be healthy. That's going to help a lot, of course. I mean, you always, I hate to say it, quads, but, you know, this the goalies are the most important penalty killer, right? Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Yeah, go ahead. We have a little tool here. I just realized this. Aaron pointed this out that it was on last time. The touch up my appearance, it makes you look like you're, like, if you if we were on TV, they put makeup on you, like those Donnie and Dolly guys. Remember the time you and I did this. a photo shoot? We wore makeup, yeah. Yeah, look, I just cranked it. Look, I, I don't even look real now. Sorry for the podcast listeners. We got one of those Bratz dolls. Yeah. Um, all right, last one before... Uh, I think we're getting to Frank. Frank's doing 15 shows today. We'll, we'll get yeah, to Frank's got quite a bit going on. We Yeah, uh, and this one thing a, I want to get what? This, this whole thing I'm doing here, this should be the, the chat uh, segment. This is great. The chat's involved a ton here. Everyone's excited for this season. Just because we don't have a sponsor know, for I, it until Monday. We have a sponsor we on start Monday. It. We do, but... Okay, maybe we shouldn't announce the segment. I almost probably listen to this. Anyways. No. Well, we'll get Frank uh, hitting us with a ding-dong here. Here's here's one that uh, I want you final to Final one. No, I got the down. final one. Okay. And then you can you can tell me yours. One player that you bet on to exceed your expectations this season. And let's just talk about the baseline of expectations, what you think everyone's going to do. Who's the guy that you think's going to step up and be the guy that's like, wow, you know what? He played above what I expected this season. He's my guy. Like, he's the guy who did it this year. Like, there's, you know, that's what it comes down to at the end of the season. Who was able to do their job? Who's the guy who's going to do their job extremely well? Maybe Suter. I think Suter, Suter might be. Uh, I like. I mean, that he pick. had a strong preseason, but I just think he might be in a position where he can really start to produce offensively mm. as well. I, I like Suter. Suter's probably my pick there. We got some uh, Hirose comes in here. Quinn Hronik, PVG, another Hronik. That's my pick. It's Phil Hronik. I think I have high expectations for him, though. I do too, but I think that now, especially starting the season as Quinn Hughes' partner, like look around the league, right? With defensemen, it, there I'm sure there's better pairings than Hughes and Hironic. But if they pick. were to click together, yep, this has the chance to be one of the top five pairings in the NHL. Oh yeah, Quinn Hughes That's is great that point. good, and he's never had a defenseman as good as Phil Hironic as his partner. So if they click and this works. This could be one of the top pairings in the NHL. It's just, we don't know. Because they didn't use it in pre... They used it, what, one game in preseason? So we need to see it happen in a game. We need to see what it looks like at 5-on-5. Five five. We need to see if Hronik starts, you know, unleashing that slap shot that we've been wanting to see for a long time here and haven't really seen in a Canucks jersey yet. If he can work with his shot, Quinn Hughes' ability to move the puck, like, there could be a lot of really exciting things from that pairing. It's, and, you know, they've broken the glass. They've gone to the emergency pairing of throwing them together at this point. But at least for the first time in a long time, like Quinn Hughes has a legitimate NHL partner that you're feeling confident about. Here's one for you. Thatcher Demko. We have pretty high expectations for him. Mm-hmm. Frank Saravalli, our friend, who hopefully is going to join the show today, yep. picked him to win the Vesna trophy. I didn't. I, that's not my expectation is that he's going to win the Vesna, but I think he might be someone that exceeds our expectations this mm. year. I like it. I do too. That's why I said it. Vector says, uh, yeah, Tanev. Yeah. Tanev was good. Tanev erasure. Was well, it was Hughes that said himself, Hughes yesterday said that he's probably never played with anybody as good as Philip Ronick. And I saw people on Twitter being like, Chris Tanev erasure. And hey, Tanev was good, but like, I feel like a lot of people haven't watched Philip Ronick when he was like, when he's played his best games right. in Detroit. Right. I'm going to shoot Frank a, a quick text here. 
Why? Okay. Well, I just, yeah, no, that's fine. It's just funny that you announced it. Uh, do we want to just get to Betway? Do well, to... you said you had one of the, uh, did you have a question that you wanted to get into the chat? This is, I think the chat's been awesome for well, this right the, now. Well, the real, the thing we really need to talk about, um, that I said we would talk about yesterday when, when I'm on with you, this is what I said was what we would talk about. Sam Lafferty. We haven't talked about it at all. The Sam Lafferty acquisition happened yes. during your wedding. I was driving with your brother in the passenger seat of my car and he saw me have to, you know, I call all our news people and got them all ready to go, but um, you know, I had to kind of allocate all that because Sam Lafferty uh, became a Canuck. Yeah, and I uh, saw him today. Big body. He's one of these guys that uh, you know has six two or whatever in their in their bio on the the old elite prospects there. And I walked by. You know what I do, quads? My little six foot two test. If you're as tall as I am, you're six foot two. Mm-hmm. If you're shorter than me, you're one of those lying accounts. He's six foot two. I think he's gonna. I think it's gonna be. Ex- I I hope that he's the kind of player that. Vancouver Canucks fans love a good fourth line guy, right? You know, Vancouver loves a good fourth line guy. Artem Chabarov, you know, Yarko Rutu for a long time. These type of players, like, piss people off. Rafi Torres when he was a Canuck. Those type of guys. Jeff Cowan's playoff excellence. Like, these kind, these kind of players. I, I think Lafferty has the potential to be pretty exciting. Do I think that they gave up a fifth-round pick? Was that too much? I don't know. No, it I wasn't. Think so. it I think wasn't. you're getting. No, that's what I'm saying. I think you're getting an NHL player here, who, yeah, could you have found someone on waivers that could have had a similar impact? Probably, but you like this player type, right? You like the player type of Lafferty, and you want to see him be annoying to play against. All these type of things. Like I, I think if he lives up to expectations, like go out there in game one, go out there and piss someone off on the Oilers. When as soon as Darnell Nurse starts throwing those elbows. Lafferty step up and do something about it. I think that would gain a lot of respect from the fan base, from the coach, and, and from the room. And if he's able to do that in game one, you're going to like this Lafferty kid if he's able to stick I it said this on the last episode, and this is what bothers me a lot, is when I'm seeing people on Twitter complaining about it, I'm just like, what are you complaining about? Like, think about what you're complaining about. You're complaining, fine. If you're still doing this, all the power to you. I think it's dumb. I don't personally do it. Mm-hmm. If you're still complaining that, oh, this team shouldn't be trying to make the playoffs, uh, they should be doing a rebuild. If you're still complaining about that, have fun doing with whoever's listening to you talk. It's not me. But if you also have the belief, and I'm not saying I believe this, but we've heard it, and it's a rumor, so it's worth actually at least having some level of awareness of, that if the Canucks miss the playoffs or have a bad season that Elias Pettersson's gone... I'm doing a hell of a lot more than trading a fifth for Sam Lafferty to improve this team. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that the Canucks need to be more aggressive and give up more future <laughs> assets, but if if that is true, that they are worried about losing Elias Pettersson if they have a bad season, which I think is a fair concern. You don't want to have another non-playoff year. You just don't want to have that Elias Pettersson or not, but definitely because of Elias Pettersson as well. You don't want to have that. right? So if that's the case... How can you complain about trading for a guy like Sam Lafferty, who is a step up, unequivocal step up, on Jack Stadnika and Niels Oman, who is going to start on this fourth line? We talked about how underwhelming this battle was in preseason for the final roster spot. Yeah, Jack Stadnika came in and tried really hard. That was great. Yeah. But you know what you're getting in Sam Lafferty. Right. Like, I just, yeah. I just, I don't understand the moaning about. Oh. Giving up a fifth round, a fifth round pick, 
for a guy who you know is going to fit into your system, plays the way you're going to want him to, and can kill penalties pretty damn well. Like, this is a known commodity that the Canucks got that they are going to be very happy with. Another thing I saw people say was, well, you, oh, now, well, you giving trade up the a, fifth, you're missing out on Matthew Perkins. Okay. Another thing That's I saw, another thing I saw from people was, oh, like, I like Sam Lafferty, but this just feels like the Benning regime all over again, giving up, giving up uh, assets and draft capital for players. It's like, okay. But a big thing with the Benning regime was all the players they targeted sucked. This is true. Like, <laughs> A second-round pick for Sven Berchi, Marcus Granlund, whatever it was they gave up, all that crap. Those were bad trades. And, and at the time, people said these are bad trades. And then you had people saying, no, no, give these guys a chance. Like, let let's see how they do in Vancouver. Jim said he likes them. Okay, that's one thing. That's fine. But for the most part, all of the players that the this Canucks management regime have actually targeted... Like, actually made a point of saying, this is somebody we really wanted and we went out and got him. They've all been pretty good bets. And now I know it's early on Susie and Cole, but they look good in the preseason. They look like they're going to do exactly what the Canucks wanted them to do when they went out and signed these guys. Yeah. But this is the problem when, when you're Patrick Alvin and you make a trade for Riley Stillman, you frame it as anything other than, this was the only way for us to get out of some bad money. Mm-hmm. That's the problem when you make a trade for Anthony Beauvillier and you make it sound like it was anything other than this is the player the Islanders said they were sending back for them to take on Bo Horvat's contract and make the money work. Yeah. Like, that that's the problem that you run into is some people aren't going to trust you, which is fine. And hey, I'm not knocking Anthony Beauvillier. Hell, I'm not even knocking Riley Stillman. I'm just saying from a philosophical standpoint here, Chris... People getting upset that they're going out and unequivocally improving the team. Like, the team got better at a very low cost and low risk. I just feel like those people are losing the plot. And I've already said it a number of times. If they really wanted to, they could have gone full Benning. And they could have committed long-term to Ryan O'Reilly. They could have made long long commitments to guys on defense as well. But they didn't. They kept their eye on the future. They kept adding to their prospect pool. They've developed... The, they're trying to develop these guys in Abbotsford. I just don't know how you can look at a trade like this one with Sam Lafferty and have any take other than... That's a smart, smart ad. I hope this guy really helps out the fourth line. You know what? this trade aligns with the way the organization is going. And how was that when Jim Benning was, when that regime was in, I, I don't even want to bring his name up all the show. Cause it just feels like we're just up. But like when that regime was here, there wasn't remember how much it was like, you're going one foot down this path, one foot down yeah. the other path, at least with a trade like the Lafferty one, you know, which way this team is going down the path. They are, they've told us they're retooling. They're not rebuilding. When you trade a fifth for a player who's going to play on your fourth line, that's a retooling move. You're but right. they're also trying to make it sustainable. Sure. Which is where they really differ from yeah. the bending era. And you can make the argument about what they did in free agency. Ian Cole, one year. Right? Teddy Bluger, two years. Pew Suter. Like, these type of contracts that aren't three years long with $12 million on them, four years long. Like, the, they are at least staying in line with what they've told us they want to do. Maybe everything doesn't work out. That's probably what's going to happen. Everything's not going to work out perfectly, as much as Jim Rutherford would like it. And maybe it will a little bit to a certain degree. Things might work out a little bit better, but you're looking at the way that this team's kind of 
at least dip their toes in the same pool, right? Like, at least they're staying in the terms of being on a retool. That part we did understand, at least. And they're staying on that path, at least, with these trades. So that's one good thing you could look at it. I don't think it's the worst to give up a fifth-round pick for a guy who's not only going to be a fourth-liner for you, but your hope is that Lafferty's going to be an effective fourth-liner who doesn't just play like a fourth-line player. Like, he's a, he has a role that he plays. He's one of the tougher guys. He's able to contribute certain ways. Like, those are the ways I look at Lafferty being impactful and not looking at this the, trade in a bad way at all. The bottom four for this team for years has been... Young guys who shouldn't be there. Guys who aren't good enough to play in the top nine forward group. And aren't tradition Like, when's the last time the Canucks had an actual fourth liner on their fourth line? With Tyler Mott? Sure. Like, Nils Amon isn't really a fourth liner. Like, he's not... A, how Okay, he's not even the Canucks NHL fourth liner. I was going to say, how many NHL teams is Nils Amon last year the fourth line center of? Oof. Maybe three, including the Canucks? Yeah. They went out and actually got a guy who is who is a bottom six winger. Like, he's not going to jump up to the first line. He might, but hopefully that doesn't happen. But when you have a guy like Vasily Podkolzin on your fourth line, that's another example. Right. You don't want that. You want to be able to have these guys. Also, huge shout out, even though he's disagreeing with me a little bit, but you remember this name. Jako Rakola, our mm. listener from Finland. Yep. Um, who always tells me I mispronounce his name a little bit here, but he's in the chat. Yako, you respond to this, but it feels like you haven't been here for a long time. Immediately saw your name and remember. Season's you, back. Yako's back. Yeah, yeah, Yako's back. Well, Yako. And uh, shout out to Tommy Koivinen, my buddy out there from Finland, reporter. He uh, he was back at practice. He's back in Vancouver again. Good guy, Tommy. I like him. I was chatting with him today. Gave him a big hug. Nice to see Tommy. Any other Finnish people you want to shout out? I uh, want to shout out Olya Levy, who's with Timra now in the ah, SHL. Yes. Making, uh, okay, I was joking. Things. I really oh, don't okay. want you to keep doing this. I love the Finns. Please They're stop. good folks. Yeah. This is very interesting. Um, this is very interesting. We have a... This is the highest number of live chat uh, interaction we've had in a very, very long time. People are very... It's a very season, baby. We're excited. Let's get to our Betway bet of the day, and we'll see if Frank's back by then. If well, not, hang on. No. Darcy Johnson okay, had a good go comment here. He said, you can't develop top six guys in fourth-line roles. Mm. Bang on. Stop putting Vasily Podkolzin on the fourth line. Sure. Stop putting Nils Hoaglander on the fourth line. Like, Nils Hoaglander's there right now. He's going to open the season on the fourth line. I would much rather have Sam Lafferty Without in another role. winger. <laughs> if you're trying... Yeah, yeah, it's just two guys. It's just Lafferty and, and If Huglander. you're really, really trying to make the playoffs, which this team is, and hey, like, they're not all in. They are keeping their eye on the future. Mm. And the idea that, oh, well, they're giving up futures, so how can they have an eye on the future? The future was a fifth-round pick, and the future was a first and a second, which, sure, that's significant, but that was to get Philip Hronik, a guy who they think is going to be here and is going to be part of the solution for a long time. We already said, what does this defense even look like if you don't make the Philip Hronik trade last season? Like, what does this team look like opening up this year? You're typing. You're, you're pulling a quads. You're totally zoned out. But no, it I looks just... bad, folks. Like, if this team didn't have Philip Peronic, we just talked about break glass in case of emergency. If the Canucks got in the same position, what's their break glass in case of emergency? Tyler Myers? Oof. Like, that. that's the answer. Now we're having an emergency. And, and Cole McWard makes the team. And now imagine if this team also still sucked at recruiting NCAA free agents. Mm. No Akito Hirose, no Cole McWard. 
Or if they were still in Utica, Phil DiGiuseppe probably doesn't resign. Christian Willanen probably doesn't resign. I mean, the process has made sense, and I mean the because nobody wants to live in Utica. Yes, yeah, Utica's not the best spot there. I'll tell you that from from what I've heard with the folks. And just, listen, some good folk out there in Utica. The city, I don't know about it. But there's, there's some folks out there that are good. No, there's good people in Utica, and I shouldn't say no one wants to live there. No one wants to make routine trips between Vancouver and Utica. Oh, yeah, that's the problem. Then. That was the problem. Yeah. That's, that's uh, drive down Highway 1's beautiful. Highway 0 for you and Dollywall. No, for Zero Avenue. Yeah, oh. that's a good spot. <laughs> All right, let's get to our Betway bet. I don't know if we're getting Frank in here today. Uh, our Betway bet of the day. People in the chat have been – okay, there's a – Tons of people in the chat. People are ripping it up. Also, everybody has guessed our Betway Bet of the Day, actually. Y'all have nailed this. Uh, so my Betway Bet of the Day that I did this hours ago, I didn't just change this while everybody's been talking about it. Our Betway Bet of the Day is the first goal scorer of the game today as the Oilers face off against the Vancouver Canucks tonight at Rogers Arena. And we got Andre Kuzmenko to open the scoring in the game. This isn't just a first goal scorer for the Canucks. This is the first goal scorer in the whole game. $10 bet is going to return you $150 quads. I'm feeling this this one here, Andre Kuzmenko, I think he is going to open up the scoring uh, in tonight's game. So $10 bets can return you $150. Must be 19 plus to play. Bet the responsible way with the good folks over there at Betway, Betway, Betway. 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 Trivia Thank question. Mm-hmm. Who scored the first goal of the Canucks season last year in Edmonton? Oh, do you know the answer? Yeah. Just to give it to me. Elias Pettersson. Elias Pettersson. Followed he by? Was plus 700, I think. Followed by? Kyle Burrows. Andre Kuzmenko. Andre Kuzmenko. Okay. Actually, I think Kuzmenko may have been later in the game. They, I think they had a three-goal lead, and then they blew it and lost to the Oilers. That's right. Yeah. We'll see what happens tonight. Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. The Philly fanatic himself. He's here. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Thanks for making the time today, Frank. Uh, was that Quad's dog cam? What, what do we have? Going yeah, so on? this is called the Bert cam. My dog's name is Bert. He is nine months old. And as we get set to close out the show, everybody in the chat asks for a Bert cam. So I have a little camera in his crate that he sleeps in, uh, and I show them. 
You make Bert your sleeping. dog sleep in a crate? I cannot get my dog to not sleep in a crate. Like, he, uh, he won't sleep outside of it. That's kind of nice. I wish my dog... Like, my dog sleeps at the foot of my bed. Mm. And mm. she's she's not huge, so, like, it's not really a big deal. But it's still kind of annoying. Like, you're a couple times a night, you're like, all right, move over. Yeah, my dog's only 17 pounds. But, like, we got him when he was two months old. And, it you know, crate training obviously helps with, like, you know, uh, potty training and all that sort of stuff. But he just... He hasn't figured out that he's allowed to sleep outside of the crate. Like, he will fall asleep, but he's always trying to stay awake because he thinks we're going to start doing something fun, uh, and he doesn't want to miss out, so he needs to sleep in his crate in order to sleep. Well, I apologize I was late. Uh, lots going on to start the season, oh, but yeah. um, a very important story I'm working on for tomorrow, and you'll understand when you see it. Love it. Beautiful. Can't, looking forward to Daily Face Sauce, Frank Cervalli joining us here. Frank, I want to get this. Just and I'm out. loving the redesign, the the colors. This is, this is. Yeah, I, I, look, cover that. I, I like the 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 flying skate. Uh, is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The colors, but like this is this is Canucks conversation right here. This is it. We uh, we've made the change. Still working on a couple things with Quads' background <laughs> there. We'll we'll get that figured out uh, eventually here. Uh, but Frank, you're in attendance yesterday. Connor Bedard making his debut. Walk us through, man. Just what did you take away from seeing? You know, the opening face off against Crosby, the kid forgetting his stick, post game interview on the bench. Like, what was the whole night? Do you think there for Connor Bedard? What do you, what were your takeaways from watching it? I thought it was an amazing night. It's kind of crazy. Um, depending on where you're from or who you root for, people were tweeting at me like, enough. Stop with the Bedard <laughs> content. Like, we're good. It's almost like people have Bedard fatigue, and I'm sitting here on one hand going, hold on, are these the same people that are like, oh, the NHL does a terrible job of marketing its young stars? And then on the other hand, they're like, shut up already. <laughs> um, I'm here for all of it. And I, it's it's really because I'm a believer in what he is. Like, this is not, not to pick on anyone, but this is not Alexi Lafreniere or Neil Yakupov or pick another guy that's of recent that was kind of, you know, build up that ends up being someone that's just okay. I, I'm telling you, in, in two, three years, we're talking about the only better player in the NHL is going to be another guy named Connor. Like, mm. that's how good this guy is. And don't take it from me. Like, just take it from his teammates. I talked to Taylor Hall after the game, and and he was just saying how nervous he was. He goes, this is my first game as a Blackhawk. I feel like I'm underprepared. I had my first kid two days ago. He goes, and we're sitting on a foam roller, stretching out before we get dressed for warm-ups. And he's like, you'd never even know that it's this kid's first NHL game. No no nerves, nothing. So he was excited to see it. And I said, well, how good is he? And he goes, the real deal. He goes, I don't want to make a headline for you and turn this into something bigger than it is. But he goes, I'm telling you, this kid's the real deal. And he's played with more number one picks than anyone on planet Earth. He was one himself, helped bring McDavid along. Like, it's going to be really fun to watch. Let's complete the Connor trifecta. Uh, Connor Garland, a lot of trade rumors, all that sort of stuff that. coming Look over here. Look at that quad segue. He's growing up before our eyes. Jeez, that's one out of my, oh, my books. My segues nice, have nice been very job. good, actually. I've been, I've been making a conscious effort to do that. I've been writing them down, thinking about it at night. Okay, uh, the Connor Garland stuff that we're hearing, what do you, what do you make of all that? Look, I, I, I don't think it's new. Um, first off the Canucks have been trying for a long time to move Connor Garland. He understood that. I think process that 
And not only was he obviously on board for it, but rooting for it to happen and um, has made it clear that he feels like his best opportunity to get back to the player he thinks he can be is not in Vancouver. So um, the problem is I don't see any viable solution in the near term. The only way to really dig yourself out of this with the term remaining on his deal is to go out and have an incredible start to the season and maybe open a door that way. Short of that, even teams that have cap space, like I canvassed some of them in the last you know, few days with this Garland information saying like, do you like him? And they're like, yeah, like I don't mind him, but I'm, I, what's the price? Like meaning, are they going to pay? And then the other thing is, it's the, it's the last year of the deal that teams are like, man, it's just, it's so far out there, even with the cap increasing, like we don't know what our team's going to look like. We don't want to overcommit to that, that I think makes it a lot harder to do. Do you think we're going to see a kind of correction on the winger market when the cap eventually goes up, which we're expecting to happen next year? Like we've seen wingers become so devalued in recent years. Are we going to see a correction on that? Do you think? Probably not. Um, because I think teams have figured out that one of the easiest ways to get yourself into trouble on your cap is to overcommit to a winger that isn't a play driver. And there's only so few wingers in the league that actually drive play. Like you see Johnny Gaudreau get a bag because he drives play. There's maybe like seven of them, 10 of like whatever the number is. And those guys are in great positions because they're helping, you know, pull your team, drag your team into the fight. Um, The list is way longer of guys that are nice, complimentary pieces that get paid a ton of money because they put up points. But when push comes to shove, don't really bring the goods to the table that actually make your team better. And so that I think is has been part of the correction. There's such a premium on centers. There's such a premium on defensemen. We're seeing it change the market dramatically in the last calendar year on goaltenders. Um, It, it things do shift over time, but I don't see that one going away. Frank saw you tweeting about this the other day with the Columbus blue jackets. I I mean, looking at their defense core, I see a little bit of everything. I see some older guys and they're kind of moving into their thirties, some left shot guys, some right shot guys, I also just see a lot of guys making over $2 million throughout up and down their lineup. They got over $32 million just committed to defensemen on their lineup. Are the Canucks involved in here at all? Because we see the defense core here in Vancouver. We're, we're wondering if they even have six healthy guys ready to go for tonight's game. Uh, and obviously some question marks about Quinn Hughes and his partner. Right now it looks like Philip Aronik is going to be playing with Quinn Hughes, which is you know, pretty By the way, how pairing. interesting was that quote from um, – from Quinn Hughes about Heronic in the last day or two mm-hmm. that he's never played with a guy this good in van. Yeah. I think uh, that quote means a lot to what the future I think is of Quinn Hughes's partner here, as long as they see that. So that that's my question here. I guess we were looking at Columbus and thinking like, you know, is Pete going to be the guy who's going to play with Quinn Hughes moving forward? If the Canucks are going to go with this Hughes Heronic pairing, do you think there might be some interest now to look out on the market, especially if Carson Soucy, who was week to week a couple days ago, he also skated today and is now a game time decision for tonight. So, what do you think the Canucks are doing here? Are they involved at all with the Columbus Blue Jackets and moving for a defenseman? I don't have any sense that they are, and that's not to say that it couldn't happen. Um, I think the 
the Blue Jackets have been on a fact-finding mission. You know, you asked about Peak. They've also entertained Bokvist. They know there's really not much of a market for him. Everyone could kind of see that one of those guys would end up having to be a healthy scratch. It appears he's going to be that to start the year. And by the way, Kent Johnson, surprisingly enough, is too in Columbus up front. Um, Mm. Then there was the question of like, hey, what about Jake Bean? I think the answer is like all of the above. Those are guys that Columbus would like to move. They're trying to find the one that has the most value on the market whoever that ends up being. And sometimes as you guys know, in, in, in Vancouver, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like, you, you know, one, one group, one scouting staff, one uh, front office may really like a guy that some other front offices are down on that. Mm. It only takes one. Um, so I think the plan for Columbus is to, is to continue to grind, to try and create some roster flexibility, I personally don't think Carson Soucy is terribly far away. If he doesn't play in game one, like I'd be surprised if it's game four and he's not back in the lineup. Um, But we'll see. Wanted to follow up with a couple of your hot takes from your 32 takes article. Um, Vancouver Canucks fans, I think we're really enjoying what you were saying, Frank. Uh, you got uh, Thatcher Demko was one to win the Vesna and your stone cold uh, bet as well about the Canucks being over 88 and a half on the points for the end of the season. Uh, let's start with Demko. What what gives you thought to believe that he's a guy who could win the Vesna this season? Supremely talented, um, healthy. Healthy is the biggest thing for me. Hmm. You know, you, you can look at his numbers. Like, look at last year, then listen to him on, frankly speaking, with me when I was out in van. He mentioned that he completely, almost completely tore the groin and required surgery. That thing I think was hurt from like preseason workouts with Ian Clark before last year even started. So he was not good from the first drop of the puck. And obviously it got worse to the point where he, he tried to grind through to his credit and couldn't and had to take himself out because it's just no good anymore. And it's tough for the team to see it get to that point. Um, it's tough for the team in the standings with the way that play sort of resulted in what was a poor start for the season. Um, but this year and the way that he finished last year, he entered this summer um, and this longer term, you know, last couple months, it was a long summer for the first time, having the ability to game plan and be healthy and be proactive on the training front, as opposed to reactive and rehabbing. So that I think makes a big difference. And I also think the Vezina is wide open this year. Like goaltending in general is the most fickle position in pro sports. You don't know what you're getting year to year, even with some of the very best in the league. So you've got your usual suspects, Hellebuck now that he's resigned, Sorokin, Saros, Shesterkin, uh, Vasilevsky's probably going to miss too much time, but why can't it be Thatcher Demko? Like, tell me why he isn't in that category of goalie, and I'll I'll try and prove you wrong every time. I ain't gonna tell you anything about that. I think I'm, I'm fully on board with your take. I absolutely agree with you, and I think he's a great long long shot bet um, to get there. The like, way, he, why- sorry, the way he put it at training camp was when he was asked about the season. He said, "The way I look at it, I had 12 bad games." And he's had 12 bad games in his career, it looks like, and they were all last year, it seems. Mm. So, I don't know. With that perspective, that level of perspective from Demko, I'm right there with you, Frank. 
but how about how the Canucks improve their defense? Like, I'm not telling you guys or your listeners or viewers anything you don't know. The Canucks have defended like shit for multiple years now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, don't know, I can't say it any more blunt than that. Like, it's it's fact. So if you now have an improved defense core, a forward group that should compete more, theoretically helping you defend, and you've got a healthy goalie, all three of those things should add up to a better, much better year for Thatcher Demko. And that's like elite, elite, elite. And that's what I was going to ask. Like if there was one big takeaway for you to have your other lock that you had in your article there about 85, 88 and a half points. It feels like that's the answer though, right? Like that is the big change. The coaching staff, the defense core, everything feels like it's a shift from being a running gun offense who, yeah, they can be at times, right? Like Elias Pettersson is going to get his JT Miller is going to get his, but it was about the times when that's not clicking that the team had nothing to rely upon. How different is it from this year? Is that the thing that you're banking on? Like you're, you're all aboard the, the Canucks to the playoffs train, Frank. You've been on it for weeks now, it feels like. Because I'm a believer. I mean, I'm not I'm not pandering to your market. Like I, I don't <laughs> I don't really care who wins or loses. This job is stressful enough. I don't um I, could you imagine if that actually was something that meant something to me? <laughs> um I just look at it objectively, cleanly, coldly. Um, I, I think this defense is better than it's, it's being given credit for. I think it's vastly like you, you've changed out basically half of your unit. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. You know, heroic for the full season. Now you saw what Quinn Hughes said, like that's a full, he should give you 45 points. His career average is 42 over 82. Like that plus, you know, Quinn Hughes takes another step. And up front, Pedersen takes another step. And, and, and I, I just, I, I think there's untapped potential here that this team that has done it in fits and spurts and has looked really good when it doesn't matter. And I think part of the last few years that's been most frustrating is sort of the way they've closed out seasons when no one really cares whether you win or lose and it's only damaging your draft pick that time still told me that there's something here. Hmm. So now's the time to show it. Okay. We're going to close out with you here, Frank, but before we do, we were trying to set the over on where the Canucks would finish in the standings on the penalty kill. I said, okay, they got to be 19th to make the playoffs. I think they have to be 19th after being, you know, one of the worst we've ever seen. Where do you think they finish on the penalty kill? Huh? It's interesting that you said that because I'm trying to think it's a different team. So I want to try and make sure that I size this up appropriately, but I had last week on my daily face off live show, uh, John Goyens, who is a two time Quebec major junior league head coach. And he has been a coaching consultant for multiple NHL coaches. And he said, that he's he's actually an analyst this year for the Montreal Canadiens on their radio broadcast and he was so he's tied into the the Habs and um and you know what they're looking at and he said with their penalty kill last year which was 29th he said when you consider their power play and penalty kill he called it the magic 12 and he comes up with these like hmm. whack ass terms hmm. I, I don't even know what that means so i said what is magic 12 their power play was also 29th. And he said, 
12 goals. That's all you need over the course of an 82-game season. 12 fewer goals against on the penalty kill would have taken the Habs last year from 29th to 16th. Damn. That's one less power play goal against every seven games. Hmm. Feels like the Canucks can do that, right? (laughs) I mean, we see teams all the time have like 30 to 40 point turnarounds year over year. Like it can be done. Um, The Canucks don't need that much. And they've obviously devoted resources, whether it's Sam Lafferty or Teddy Bluger, like it's clearly something that they are focused on and, and needed to be better. And I was asking Rick talking about this when I was out there a couple of weeks ago is one thing that's always stood out to me about penalty kill. And maybe I'm oversimplifying. This is it ain't that hard. The only thing really required is, is hard work and diligence. Like you can make any player in the league. I'm convinced a really good penalty killer, as long as they have half of a brain and are willing to work hard. I like that. Absolutely. And I think it's attention to detail that the Canucks need to key in on. But since they were within one percentage point of the Habs last year, I'd imagine that that magic 12 figure would hold up pretty well that it would get them north of 19 and probably in the, you know, somewhere in the mid middle of the pack. We'll have to see what happens. We'll get it started tonight. Tough matchup. How's that for an answer? Excellent answer. Uh, Frank, we, we will let you go, but we can't let you go without giving us a prediction for the Phillies game because you nailed it last week when you're on the show. We are about two minutes away from first pitch right now. Phillies and Braves. Give us your score prediction after nailing last week's. Phillies lose seven four. There it is. That's wow. all we need. Okay. Painful. Very That's painful. All, we need. all right, Frank. Thank you very much. We'll chat next Wednesday. Sorry I was late, guys, and talk to you next week. All good. There he is. Frank Saravalli joining us from Daily Face Off in the Daily Face Off studio there with the Daily Face Off shirt. Philadelphia's the favorite in that game, and Frank said. Oh, uh, we're not doing this. Shut her down. <laughs> Let's go. We've gone long enough here. I mean, big day. Obviously, season launches for Vancouver Canucks. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, whether you're going to it, watching it from home, listening to this podcast before you go, driving up to the game, heading home from work, all the good stuff. We gotta get um, going. We gotta return the suits from your wedding. We gotta go return some suits yeah. from the wedding. Uh, take us home, quads. We're all wrapped up here. Yep. For my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer. Oh, Aaron hold on, Bernardo. hold on. No, I, no, I got more stuff. I know. My bad. Uh, here we go. A couple other things. Greta party Saturday. Get your tickets. All the information is on the Canucks Army Twitter, Instagram, everything. You can find it. I'm hosting Greta. Let's give it our best shot. Tickets are selling well. We're excited for what we're going to do on Saturday. $2 hot dogs, all that good stuff. Aaron's got a pregame show. I don't know if uh, Aaron's connection's great. Pregaming with Boardsy. Aaron's going to have a pregame show up on the Oilers Nation uh, account. If he wants to hop in, you can. There he is. Yep, Aaron, today, what's going on? What timeline here for a pregame show? So we're going to be going live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. I know we are the enemy, but I help support the Canucks, so so we're going to be a family about this. But uh, we're going to be going live uh, always one hour before the game, and we're actually doing ours live today from Greta nice. in downtown Edmonton. So yeah, we're going to get joined by me, Tyler Uremchuk, who I'm sure you guys see his face everywhere. Too much. Uh, oh, oh, fact, I think that's why they gave me the show, to be <laughs> completely honest. Uh, we're going to have Jay Downton with us, and we're nice. going to be previewing everything the folks need to know, updated lines, starting goaltender matchups, betting lines, 
Probably a couple ridiculous bets between the three of us. I see mm. that in our future. And it'll be a good time. We'll get you all set. And then we are even doing a post-game show called oh. Oilers Nation After Dark. It shows all day, every day, baby. I'm, I go from bright early in the morning to late at night. <laughs> I'm just. And I couldn't be more excited to get going with this. I'm just waiting for Aaron to preview the Canucks and Oilers games from his show and be like, "Guys, I need to tell you about Guillaume Brisebois." I know. I'm ready for Aaron's. <laughs> Aaron's got the hockey. He's got the Canucks stuff here. He's like, I, you guys aren't talking about Guillaume Brisebois nearly enough. Yeah. And um, Aaron, by These the are way, my Canucks notes. These are my Canucks notes from <laughs> yes. listening to you guys. Let's go. The last couple great. Days. And I, I heard so ready. And updated to talk Canucks. That's great. So what I heard is all 82 games as well, right? You're pre-gaming over on Oilers Nation there? Yep. We're okay. going to be doing them all. Most most of them in studio. That includes weekends. And- so we'll be here at the headquarters. And, uh, yeah, getting the folks everything they need to know about the future Stanley Cup champion. And what's going on? How, how hard are you boozing on these things? Because I see beer pong cups. Is, uh, that's the logo or something. What's going on? How, how many drinks are you having in the pregame? Well, I can't give away the sponsors yet. I'm pretty sure you guys know why and mm-hmm. who they are. But we can say it's going to be sponsored by Greta the entire season long. So awesome. there's that. And I love Greta. I've never been to the Vancouver Greta. I love the one here. It's the best, best vibes. And we did all our playoff parties here last year. So I think the crowd knows what they're going to get. But we will have a sponsor of some type of liquid coming up in the future, which might lead to some to some extra spicy hot takes. There we and go. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But we'll, yeah, yeah we'll be a good to... time pre-gaming one hour before the game. Excellent. So check that out if you want to the Oilers Nation's account. I know the folks in the chat are saying, hate the Oilers, love Aaron. So Aaron, you'll, <laughs> you'll get a couple of viewers sliding in there. Uh, final I thing I wanted to bring up was the graphic here from the Stanchies because quads, the Stanchies are back tonight on Canucks Army. Our own Wyatt aren't the Stanchion. Returning with the Stanchies. Get some hype in the chat for that. The post-game report over on Canucks Army. No subscription fees. No paywalls. All of Wyatt. The Stanchies award thanks again to Harmon Dial for stepping in twice. As Love you it. Just chirp him. No, I'm not. I'm just no, you're, saying, chir- you're chirping the publication. No, I'm not. I'm just saying what Wyatt does is great, and it's available for free at CanucksArmy.com. Click all the ads. All right. We'll <laughs> wrap things up ads. on that note. Eh, quads? Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. For my co-host Chris Faber and technical producer Aaron Burrado. Good to be back. Thanks again to Frank Saravalli for joining us on this episode of Canucks Conversation. My name is Dave Gugelli. What? <laughs> is that the outro? That's the outro. All right, bye. Conversation with Quads and Faber. New episodes every weekday, 1.30 across the board, except for Wednesdays, 1 o'clock. We'll see you there live on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. For more information, visit CanucksArmy.com. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.